Okay, hello everybody. Welcome to your very favorite Bronze Age Spider-Man podcast. Here comes the Spider-Cast. I'm your co-host, Michael, and as always, I'm joined by... Joshua Mervell. Today we're going to be taking a look at Spidey Comics from August of 1986. That's right, and unfortunately, G.I. Jolie cannot be with us this week, but we do have Bex Luthor with us. Double, unfortunately, Woo. I'm here again. <laughs> it's me, your boy. Uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us. Mm. Um, like I'd be so, doing anything else. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get too excited, but this week we're going to start off with... Oh, we should also point out to everybody, yeah. this is the first time ever that all three of these Spider-Man titles have crossed over. Uh, it's not much of a crossover, but it's called Missing in Action, a.k.a. Where is Spider-Man? Yeah, so far, it doesn't re- really feel like a part one, part two, part three. Um, it's kind of just all <laughs> happening at the same time, and they don't right. really, like, roll into each other necessarily. Right. But um, the the events of Web of Spider-Man definitely affect the other two. It's just right. not really a continuation of that story. Um, so we... <laughs> For Web of Spider-Man this week, we're picking up where we left off last week, where this woman, um, her son goes missing in this town, and Joy and Peter Parker are in this town trying to do some investigating, and they kind of stumble into this, you know, cult-esque thing where uh, this child was kidnapped, and they they chased them down to this underground city essentially where magma was there to confront spider-man and that's kind of where everything was left um on a cliffhanger uh and uh before it was like peter parker was like almost blowing his cover um and that doesn't it doesn't get better at this one um (laughs) if anything it's stupider it gets worse but uh spidey is fighting magma they're you know He's like having a tough time kind of keeping up because he's pretty powerful. The the lava essentially that he's spewing out of his cannon is very deadly. So he's like, you know, it, it's it's very dangerous. And at the same time, he's trying to help um, Joy, Seth, and Charla or Carla um, escape and like get them out of there and make sure that they're safe. So. He decides to, his best option is to run away. Uh, <laughs> did you lose the plot it. there? Yeah, I try to remember. Why did he think that? Because he's trying he, to focus on, on Magma and, you know, the civilians. But why not just be like, you know what? I can't worry about the civilians right now. I'm going to just worry about Magma. Or you know what? I'm going to try to distract Magma over here and I'm going to go help the civilians. He's in this case. He's like, you know what? I think the best thing for me to do is just walk away. It's like, oh, all right. I guess. I guess if that's really what you think, Spidey. Um, so Magma. Then he's like, okay. Well, Spider Man's gone. So he goes over and he's like, essentially giving them a tour of this gigantic facility, and he's kind of taunting Joy, like. Yeah, this is a really great story, but too bad you're never going to escape to, to you know, tell anybody about it. And it's revealed that they're using this kid who essentially has autism. I don't think that they come out and say it's autism. 
Peter does say the R slur, though. So he does uh, yeah. say the R slur, and I think at the time it was a. Oh yeah, it was a completely dis- scientifically descriptive word, right? Right. Um, it's very awful. It's very awkward and and uncomfortable reading it today. Obviously, um, but yeah, they they essentially talk about how this kid who's probably around the teenage age, maybe a little bit younger, he has the brain of a four-year-old, but he's extremely good with math. So they're essentially using him as like a slave to uh, solve all these complex math equations that they're using for something in this facility. Um, We catch up with Spidey and he's like, you know what, I'm going to I think the best thing for me to do is to be Peter Parker again. That's the best way for me to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's like going to get caught. And as this is going on, Joy finds out that the Roxxon Corporation is behind this facility and has been like secretly funding it because of the giant Roxxon sign that they put in these in this secret <laughs> underground dungeon <laughs> that's as that, that's the size of New York. Um, so yeah, uh, Peter gets himself caught. They end up in the same, um, same, uh, jail cell together and he's able to pick, um, pick, pick the lock and they escape and they start fighting some goons and, um, once they escape, they're like climbing up, they're climbing up like the ravine, which is the only known opening to get out of this facility and uh peter falls and instead of saying hey i'm fine keep going without me he doesn't say anything he takes that opportunity to to turn back into spider-man and he goes and swings to go fight magma instead of escaping for some reason that's when he's falling down the hill right Right, yeah. Right, it's like a scene out of, anyway, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's a, it's a scene out of a movie I've seen, but it's ridiculous, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's I'm like... I'm falling! Anyway. Oh, it, it, you're talking about The Princess Bride? No, what I'm talking about? about, no, 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 I'm talking about this scene, but the movie I'm talking about, I can't spoil the movie. But oh, it, it's anyway, a recent, okay, okay, okay. okay, uh, okay. It's like within the last five years, I don't want to spoil it, because it's really funny, but anyway, <laughs> okay. Okay, uh, anyways, Magma, Spidey and Magma start fighting again, and... Uh, Spidey is kind of like using magma to destroy the facility around him with the lava and he hits something major and the whole thing blows up just in time for the civilians to escape Um, and uh, we're kind of left with this epilogue where Joy is there in like an ambulance and she's drinking some tea and she's worried because uh, they haven't been able to find Peter Parker or even Peter Parker's body. But uh, as the camera kind of like zooms out or like the panels get further and further away, we see in uh, a pile of rubble is Spider-Man's torn, ripped up uh, suit. Right. And we will see this epilogue. Um <laughs> Yeah, two more times, you, but in case you forget what happens, we see it yeah. again, right? Uh, yeah. So yeah. I can just say I kind of enjoyed part one. I, we all kind of agreed that the setup was better than the payoff. Yeah. But in this one, unfortunately, now we have no. It's just bad payoff, right? Like this story might have been better if the if the exact story was set in a 
a much smaller scaled sort of secret hideout. But the fact that it's this gigantic James Bondian underground like city with like roadways and all this technology, it really takes me out of it. The fact that the bad guy looks like a 1985 Inhumanoids toy, you know, yeah. it really... The city it, looks like Cybertron. It's right, it's right, ridiculous. Right. It's, it's like you're right. It's a recycling it of '80s toys. Yeah. Oh, it's just I didn't really. I mean, this was wasn't bad, but it's just the premise itself is so over the top. It didn't really do anything for me. Uh, Bex Luther, what did you think? I love Joy Mercado. <laughs> yeah, she's cool. That that panel, uh, what page is that? Where she's just holding the gun. I don't remember her getting yeah. a gun, but she's just like dieharding it. Ugh. 10 out of 10 for me just for that. I love the portrayal. Honestly, pretty female-centric week or month, I'm going to say. There's these three comics and also not the worst, which is always scary for me when I'm reading these comics. I'm like, oh, we're going to have women in a center-esque appearance what's what's gonna piss me off about this but but not a lot i will Um, say her sweater does go from being like a long sweater to a crop top whenever it's convenient for the artist oh yeah you're right it does um (laughs) which is ridiculous but i also thought it was a jacket for a while but it is it is definitely a sweater yeah sometimes sometimes it's long sleeves but some sometimes she has red bracelets instead (laughs) that's fun um i wish it showcased her off a little bit more like her compassion and everything with the obviously the mom and the kid and Mm -hmm. if peter why did peter need to be peter for a bit like he's like you like you were saying he should have just stayed spider-man that would have just like Mm -hmm. why do you have to go back to break joy out of jail just to run away again like she clearly she was hiding a knife she could have done it herself um. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And then but, it's bad setup for something that's supposed to be like, oh, the, everything's all tied in. What happened to Spider Man? I don't know. He's probably in in a hole regenerating. Like he's fine. I'm sure. Regenerating, right? <laughs> like I, I don't care. Like I'm not right, like, right. oh my god, it's mm-hmm. Peter. I, I'm I not worried about him. <laughs> you know, the thing is too. I think that. Last week, I had said that it would have been better if he stayed Peter the entire time. And I'm like, it doesn't make sense that he would change into Spider-Man at the last minute. Like, it didn't make sense. And then this one, it's like he's Spider-Man for a few minutes to to punch Magma and it does nothing. So he's like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm turning back into Peter. It's like there was no point besides, well, we've got to have him in the Spider-Man costume. We've got to have him punching a dude which kind of sucks because like becca was saying it would have been great to see more of the like human characters and their their like you know their moments with the kid and like uh getting that like emotional part of the story Uh, and if he was peter the entire time and didn't become spider-man until after he fell down to kind of save the day i think it would have worked so much better and Joy wouldn't have kind of caught on that Peter was Spider-Man because Spider-Man would have been in the hole fighting Magma when the entire thing collapsed. So she would only be worried about Peter and not Peter and Spider-Man. So it just kind of like adds fuel to the fire that Peter and Spider-Man are uh, the same person. The same person, person? yeah. Oh yeah, at this point... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, at this point, 
Joy knows that Peter is Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And if she doesn't showcase this knowledge after this, it's just bad writing. Because, like, girl. Yeah. Yeah, uh, that's what I mean. It seems like, you know, considering this is supposed to be the new direction for Web of Spider-Man, it seems like they started out with sort of lofty goals, but then they were like, uh, you know what, fuck it, it's just a Spider-Man comic. And then they kind of just gave up. That's what I feel like, mm-hmm. you know? So, I don't know. Um, I know that we've already talked about Mark Silvestri last week, but what, do you, what did you guys think of the art this time? Yeah, it was consistently pretty good. I mean, it's it's, it's solid. A, it, it Huh? Sorry? Oh, it's a different anchor. I should point that out. It's Vince Kalita, but mm-hmm. it's still good. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, I think that um, his style works well with the, like, future, futuristic uh, electronic city <clears throat> that's happening. I think that um, it's really easy to overwhelm a panel when it's when it's so when they're trying to make the background futuristic and techy, you know what I mean? Right, like they just right. add junk in the background, and I don't think there was any panel where I was looking at it like, "Oh my god, we get it." It's you know this right. underground city. It it was all pretty clean. I mean, even at times it was nicely laid out where the background kind of complemented itself to the characters, and like sometimes like wrapping around them and pointing towards them, like it right. felt like. Um, they use that futuristic, you know, techie, you know, jagged lines to to their advantage, which is, um, yeah, really good. Uh, any thoughts, Beck, on the art? Yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the. I didn't enjoy the plot of the explosions, but I enjoyed the visuals of them. <laughs> um, like the, all the the lava magma he's shooting out, all the cave designs. Obviously, Joy Mercado holding a gun. Maybe one mm-hmm. of my favorite panels in recent memory, where she's just like, "Nah, get down!" and then starts shooting people with no like disregard for any. Like, I love that. Ten out of ten. And like all the fire and Peter sweet swinging over the fire. I do enjoy the way that it all looks. I do think it doesn't. It's it's unnecessary. <laughs> The whole thing's just kind of a little unnecessary, but it looks cool, which, I mean, if it's going to be a bad story, it might as well look cool. <laughs> uh, did you notice any gratuitous shots? Of... Couple. Should we call attention to them? I um, noticed one on digital page 10, is it? Is it the one where she's, she's bending bent over? in half? Bent in half to... to get the knife in her, whatever that is. Not garter it's... belt, but... Just under, just hanging out in her capris. Um right. Uh, yeah, I noticed. I definitely was like, oh, hello. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm not against gratuitous shots of women. I am. Because, Sorry, go ahead. Sure. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> what, what was your favorite comic again? Anyway. Um, <laughs> so, like, when it's like, okay, I get it. Like, she's hot. It doesn't bother me as much as if it was, like, every single panel. Mm-hmm. The only physical trait she has is that she's hot. Right. And... The, it works better with Joy because I feel like Joy Mercado, she knows she's hot. She knows, and she uses that to her advantage. Like, when they were in the... This, I forget what comic was going on, but when they were in, like, the punk club and she's all dressed up and she's like, oh, he's with me, and, like, she just gets things because she's mm. pretty. Mm-hmm. And she does that on purpose. So it doesn't bother me as much. And then especially when it's in the same issue as as her being a badass. Like... You can get a you get one free ass shot. <laughs> For every feminist panel, you get one free ass shot. Not every not, not every panel, 
gets his ass shot, but you know, it gotcha. was okay. And like, Peter's pretty hunky in this too. He's got he's got those tree trunk thighs, so it's okay. <laughs> yeah, equality. Uh, you're right about that. Okay, so yeah, I guess overall. This is not my favorite story, Mm-mm. but it's not bad. It's not badly written, so I still give it a mild recommendation, but it's definitely not... I mean, okay, I guess the final, final question I have is, is this a promising start to the new era of Web of Spider-Man or no? Josh, no. what do you think? No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the the whole premise of this underground city being connected to, like, the the like people in the masks and like the Mm -hmm. beginning of the story not fitting with this and then magma's plan to to steal a little kid that's good at math so he can shoot magma up into his satellite and blast it around the world to to destroy the environment and and, like threaten the government to like run a pipeline i don't know whatever it was it was stupid it didn't make any sense right um yeah, I, Becca, I, I, like it's it's just nonsense. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, no problem, no problem. Understandable. Uh, Becca, what do you think? Yeah, no, the fact that they just write off the whole creepy stuff in the previous issue with like, oh, we just paid everyone a thousand dollars, and they just did it for us. They just kept everyone out of the town. Crazy, what money will do to poor people, eh? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, oh, that was the cool part, though, guys. You you wrote that the cool part out. <laughs> Never mind then. And it's just like this big city. Nobody's noticed that the amount of energy that this place must use to run. Right. Great point. It, it, that's what I mean. It's, it's like they're mixing a somewhat cool uh, idea with a completely stupid premise. Actually, you know what it's kind of like? Season three of Stranger Things. Does everyone here watch Stranger Things? Oh, yeah. Becca? Nope. Come on. I don't watch things that are very popular and cool. Oh, and you're one of those. <laughs> no, I just I just don't because I am a, like not on purpose. I just don't see things. Okay. Well, I'll <laughs> like just everyone's say talking about Game of Thrones, and I was like, mm. <laughs> oh. Well, I'll just say that season one of Stranger Things is really cool. Season two is pretty good, but it starts out very small scale, and then by season three, it's like this. There's like underground cities and. It just completely loses all scale, and um, it ruins what could have been a, like an intriguing little story. And that's exactly the same thing that happened here, except instead of doing it over the course of three seasons, they do it in like twelve pages. They completely ruin mm. the premise. So yeah, uh, so yeah. I, I mean, I recommend it as like a mildly distracting story, but not a great premise. Definitely pretty much business as usual if this was meant to be the new direction of web it started out okay but it really ended poorly and again like we said this this um missing an action thing is not terribly exciting we know spider-man is going to be fine right so it kind of amounts to nothing so on that note we are going to jump to the amazing- actually real quick oh, what, can you so guys can, hold on hold on can we can you guys all just uh uh get get over to to digital page 19 i think i think it's 19 i don't have the page numbers but the bottom left panel i just want you to look at magma's face real quick okay hold on was it the one where he's all squashed Mm -hmm. oh you mean wait wait, you mean the soldier with the helmet or no no that's magma with the helmet with the spike oh is it okay that is freaking awesome (laughs) it's it's ridiculous i love it i love it oh my god it's wild his eyeball is falling out of his face 
is okay. what? It's like falling out of his face. His like right eye is like being squished out of the helmet. Well, okay, let's be clear. You know that in a different like parallel world, Mar- Mark Silvestri could have been a great like comedy cartoonist. Mm. But he just got caught up with the image crowd and then became like a cool guy artist. But look how great he is at this kind of like exaggerated over the top cartooning. I think anyway. Mm. But that's not on purpose. Oh. <laughs> See, it's only funny if it's on purpose. When it's not, then it's just bad. <laughs> Wait, but what do, are we talking about the same panel? I'm talking about digital page. Is this 18? What is this? 18. You're talking, talking about the one where he's like Spider-Man's flinging over the... the oh, the... no, 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 no. No, I, we're talking about two different ones. Okay, you're. I'm talking one, about... One, two, two pages down. Okay, I'm talking left. about... Okay, just a minute. Yeah, we're talking about two different panels here. Yeah. Uh, two panels after that? Yeah, two pages. Oh, oh, two after pages that. after that, where it says Critch. The sound effect is Critch. No, no, no. Two pages down, uh, it says, I want the boy alive. Okay, just a minute. Oh, that's the page I'm thinking of. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Where his <laughs> eye is like, it's like a beautiful glitch. <laughs> yeah. It's like over. Okay, wait, so. Okay, this is for, for our listeners at home, we apologize. Okay, so the dialogue you're, you're talking about is, I want the boy alive. Yeah, I'm considerably less selective about Spider-Man. He looks like he's crying, but it's just like the tangents in his yeah. armor. What kind of? Oh. I'm not an artist, and I know you it's, gotta avoid so the tangents. I, okay, it's, does he have it's a after Joy's. It's it's after Joy's shooting the gun. It's the next page after that. Wait a minute, am I in the right issue? <laughs> Maybe that's it. Is it? Are we talking about Web of Spider-Man 18? No. Wait. Oh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's next week. Okay, maybe I should oh cut God. out all of this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Have you been looking at the wrong issue the yeah, whole time? Yeah, I've been like, I don't remember that scene. Okay, I'm cutting this all out. Okay, hold on a oh second. Oh my God. I'm cutting the whole review out. Yeah, uh, <laughs> 24. Okay. Mike made on. a mistake. Cut it out, cut it. Hold on. 18? Okay, I see her firing the machine gun. Okay, so it's the, the next attack, page. Attack, attack, attack. Next, okay, page, next page, the last panel, like oh, the bottom left. Oh my god, I see what you mean. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's really bad. No, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna just guess here. That looks so bad that it almost looks like someone, like, not not Photoshop, but like copied the one eye and just it like. Does look like it's just flipped. Yeah, that's yeah. what I think that is. That's probably a, like an editing or post production error. But anyway, why not just have it be shading? <laughs> You're gonna tell, look at that and be like, ah, that's better than what was there before, definitely. <sighs> I don't know. Honestly, yeah. Magma's drawn, like, even if you go go up two pages, like, um, with all the Wachow and then the lightning bolts or whatever, mm. Magma's so... He's, why does he look like that? <laughs> he looks like if, if a Magneto doll was left in the sun. <laughs> I guess that would make sense. Magma sucks. Is he yeah, in I don't this like magma. Is he in more of this? Because that sucks. Uh, I don't think so, but I could be wrong. Who knows? <laughs> magma appearance. Web of Spider Man seventeen. Last appearance. Web of Spider Man eighteen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he does show he he's in the comics earlier in Marvel well, yeah, we team about up. It. Yeah, he yeah. showed up earlier. Yeah. He looks but... way cooler in Marvel <sighs> team up than he does here, and that's sad. <laughs> See, I'm looking him up, and um, he's. This is weird. He's not even... Oh, here it is. Okay, so he's in the next issue. I'm not going to say for how long. 
And then he shows up again in Quasar, number three. There you go. We'll have to add that to the list. That's quality. Okay. All right. Okay, so we're going to wrap up our review. We've got to jump to the next one. Yeah, let's, let's get okay. this done. So now we're going to jump to Amazing Spider-Man 279, and Becca is going to tell us what happens in this one. Ooh. Oh, boy. Does Do things happen? Um, <laughs> do they? Okay, I do like the cover. I will say the where is Spider-Man, like, that's cool. And obviously, I really like Jack-O-Lantern's design. He's one of my favorites between, like, him and Mysterio um, because I really like the pogo. I like the, the pogo jump stick, mm-hmm. like, the, the not goblin glider pogo. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's uh, Jack Lantern fighting Silver Sable on the cover. And we go, we start the issue off in Silver Sable with the Wild Pack, I believe it's called. Um, yep. Is like her mercenaries for hire, I guess. Like they, they do, they look, they hunt criminals. They got all of their asses wiped by <laughs> Jack O'Lantern and his boys. And the men are constantly remarking about how Silver Sable just obviously doesn't care about them. She's only in it, for, she only cares about the money because, like, she's only caring about this investment because of her money, not because she actually cares about the men, even though, they, I don't know, that seems baseless to me. And then we go over, and her uncle is very angry about this, using the wild pack for money, when originally, I guess, her father used it for good? Question mark? Not really sure. Kind of vague. She fights some. Japanese dudes, they bow to each other. It's great. <laughs> Just respecting other cultures, I guess. And then we go quickly into, like, the very, very, very small backstory of Jack-O-Lantern. Was a, a, a in the army, <laughs> got wronged, turned into Jack-O-Lantern. <laughs> and now, <laughs> like, I'm just like... Something must have happened. What else happened? I I love that jump from U.S. Marine. I love it. I know. I know. I thought in this basement carving a pumpkin. (laughs) (laughs) That'll teach him to whatever they did to me. (laughs) Um. So yeah. So there's just like that very very brief six panel backstory of Jack Lantern and Silver Sable. Remember, and I think actually it's not just. Like a, ba- uh, a flashback, she's like showing this movie to her men. Yeah. To like get them to like, and be like, this is the man we're looking after. Here's a short film I made. Um, <laughs> she's a woman of many talents. She's very talented. Like they're all sitting in like a theater. And then she's like, oh yeah, he did fight Spider Man once. That makes me think of a great idea. I should get Spider Man to do my job for me. Because then I don't have to get more men from my home country and waste more money. And I, you know. Get the job done. Cool. <laughs> done. Um, so then I guess her assistant is like, ma'am, I got these beautiful flowers from an anonymous, you know, admirer. And she doesn't care. Obviously, she's very busy. And then she, he says they're orchids and she freaks out. She's like, oh, I got orchids. Whips the orchids out the window. It was a bomb. Dude, <laughs> how did he not know? And then whoever the guy is who sent them calls her immediately. She picks up. It's him. <laughs> Um, then she hangs up on him and so she puts out an ad in the Daily Bugle (laughs) a full splash page ad in the Daily Bugle about um she wants she wants Spider-Man and it just says good pay excellent benefits I guess she has dental (laughs) so that's great not many people do that and Jonah's like why are we advertising to Spider-Man and he's yelling and it turns out like this one schmuck guy was like but she paid double and he's like whoa double and cartoon dollar signs come out of his head (laughs) Um, 
or it should, but... And then this is... Then they talk about, like, oh, well, where's Peter Parker? He hasn't showed up in a while. And then um, Robertson is... Robbie Robertson is like, um, didn't you send him on, like, a mission? Joy isn't back either. Like, why are we concerned that Peter's not back yet? Uh, Mary Jane calls, and he doesn't pick up, and she's got to do a... Um, a fashion show with uh, definitely not another bad guy for sure. <laughs> and then we pan over to all the all the boys, the boys hanging out in the gym, just uh, mm-hmm. chilling, relaxing, reading the Daily Bugle. Like, oh, Silver Sable's after Spider Man, and Silver Sable's after us. That means she's gonna get Spider Man after us. Sure, these are very smart goons. And Jack Lantern shows up full costume in front of his boys and was like, "We gotta get her." And so she goes on a TV show to also be like, hey, Spider-Man, I'll pay you. And everyone's like, why is she spending so much money on advertising to try to get Spider-Man? Like, just hire more goons, Mm -hmm. whatever. So she, instead of going in her limo to go home, she's like, I'm going to go for a walk. Right. Never get to do that. In her full, like, furs and, like, (laughs) full stark white outfit, she goes for a walk. And then these other goons, different, different, like a street level gang versus the the um, jack o' lanterns gang. They, they're robbing a convenience store, and Snake Eyes, he's the leader, and he. Sh- this woman's like, oh my god, and he bumps into her, and then he shoots her in the like in the chest right while she's holding her son, and I guess she dies in the street. And this um, apparent horrid act of violence stirs something in Silver Sable where she remembers her mother being murdered or whatever, mm-hmm. and she's like. Get better take revenge. So she somersaults onto these the goons' car, and um, she's gonna be like, "You're gonna tell me where Snake Eyes is." Blah 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 blah. Because obviously the goons went into two cars because they're smart goons. <laughs> so she get she gets home. They're like, "Oh, thank God you're here. We've got so many problems." She's like, "No time for that. Got to trace street street goons." So she puts on her belt and her headband and she front flips out of the out of the house. <laughs> Uh, right into her convertible, like straight dives, front flips into the convertible, um, and goes after Snake Eyes. Meanwhile, everyone is moping about Peter Parker not being there. Um, Eddie Brock is still in jail, not for beating his girlfriend, but for not being the Hobgoblin. And he's like, oh, I guess Par- Parker, like everyone's feeling it. Spider Man's not here. Where is he? Like, who cares? Um, so then we go back to uh, Jack Lantern and his. Yeah, Fla- oh Flash, sorry. Mm. Flash is the one in jail for not being the Hobgoblin. Yeah. <laughs> but then we go back to ho- to frick, it's not Hobgoblin, it's Jack-o-lantern. <laughs> Too many spooky <laughs> Halloween masks in Spider-Man. I mean, to be fair, he looks like he looks like if you're in the back of your mom's minivan and you ask for Green Goblin and she says, "We have Green Goblin at home." <laughs> and, and, and you're he- like, "Mom, that's Jack-o-lantern." Oh, yeah. She's like, She's like, but I don't care. <laughs> mommy's, mommy's busy. <laughs> so the goons are are no. So Jack Lantern's street gang or not street gang has followed Silver Sable into the headquarters of the street gang with Snake Eyes that she's going to take revenge after for shoot the street shooting. Um, she kicks everyone's ass. She throws her little thingies around a whole bunch. Um, then Jack Lantern's like, why is why is this like multi million dollar heiress of a mercenary company going after street thugs? Because I guess she's not so heartless after all. She has feelings. <laughs> um, 
she beats up some more people. Then Jack-O-Lantern shows up and there's a little fight with her and Jack-O-Lantern um, that leads to not a whole lot. She does get a bunch <laughs> of the goons, though. Um, and she throws... She throws a tank of, like, propane at Jack-O-Lantern because his, his theatrical mask is on fire and it explodes him, which is pretty sick, actually. Mm-hmm. She picks up some goons and, and escapes out the out the building that's, like, on fire or whatever. Um, and then she has a choice. She has to make a choice. She has to go either go after Jack-O-Lantern, who is going to provide her with lots of money because that's her job, is to go after Jack-O-Lantern and get the money for him, or... She can go after Snake Eyes and get revenge for the lady who was killed on the street that she doesn't know. So she goes after Snake Eyes because obviously murdering a, a woman in the street is, is more important to her than money. Take that, guys, from the beginning of the story. <laughs> and then she comes back home and her butler or whatever is like, oh, where have you been? She's like, nah, don't worry about fam. Just been busy busting skulls and doing the right thing. And then there's that last page from Web of again. <laughs> With... Joy Mercado sipping tea and not thinking about how Peter Parker is Spider-Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the plot was actually kind of, uh, to me, a little bit overly complicated. Do you agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> she yeah. Just fights, she's just fighting two different groups of goons. Like, I don't understand why there was so much back and forth. Right, right. Yeah, like, I wonder if it could have been simplified. Was there any benefit to making it so complicated? I don't think so, eh? Uh, no. <laughs> I guess filled pages. I don't know. It, it, yeah, it was It was the weird back and forth. Sometimes things just kind of happen. Like, the orchids thing. Is Jack-O-Lantern mm. known for, for, for like, growing orchids? I don't, I don't think so, Is that no. something I'm missing? No. Um, Did it have anything to do with Jacqueline, or was that a different guy that hates her? No, that's a different guy, I think. Oh, was like it somebody else? Like, who the orchids? Yeah, I think so. Okay, well, I mean, there you go. I, it just... Nothing... Like, it, it all does kind of connect, but it, it takes you... It really takes you on a journey to get there at the end. The I think is, that's... You think What? I think that's why it feels so like messy. It's just like it's not it's not straightforward, and it's not like complicated things are happening, and there's a lot of moving pieces. It's really just um, like the two sides of her battling, right? Like her business side and her personal side, um, and that's the case with like the shooter that kills the, the woman and then Jack-O-Lantern who she needs to stop for business reasons, right? So it's like that, like two different halves of herself. And it was just a really complicated at times uh, way to, to to explain that or to show that. But Well, well you know. the thing is too, we should point out this is part of the missing in action crossover, sort of. So this is kind of like a solo Silver Sable story. It's almost like a backdoor pilot for Silver Sable, right? So they tried to give her more backstory. It's almost like maybe they were hoping this would catch on and it would set up like a monthly series for her, but clearly it didn't happen. Yeah. So it's not a bad issue. It's just Mm -hmm. unnecessarily complicated. However, I'm with you, Becca. I do like Jack-O-Lantern. And I remember when, uh, what's his name? Steve Steve McNiven was drawing Civil War. He was like, oh, I had to draw that one splash, you know, cliffhanger page where 
I introduced all these uh, villains in, into the story, and one of them was Jack-O-Lantern, and I was so embarrassed to draw him, like, a guy with, like, you know, a, a pumpkin on his head that's on fire, and I'm like, uh, you're <laughs> drawing a fucking superhero comic book, take it easy, you know, like, he looks awesome! Mm-hmm. Like, look look at him, he looks great! I, the next, isn't the next issue, he, <laughs> he kills him anyways. I, yeah. Right? Exactly. Like. I think so, yeah. Spoilers, yeah. but. Well, for not Civil quite. War. Um, yeah, not quite, but anyway. So, yeah. It's like, oh, no, this is below me artistically to draw a man with a pumpkin head. <laughs> I know. Like, uh... I know. Like, come on, you're drawing Marvel <laughs> Civil War here. Take it easy. Anyways. Yeah, you drew Civil American War, buddy. Like, take it Aang. easy. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love Steve McNiffin in case he's listening to this. He's not, but anyway. <laughs> um, I also really liked Silver Sable in this uh in this comic. I thought mm-hmm. that uh, this is like the most we've gotten from her on Spider Cast where there's actually some substance to her character. Like she's a real person. Uh and even how she's drawn is so good. I love that scene where she's fighting those people and she's like training at the beginning yeah. with the sword and she's like talking to uh, her butler, or is it her dad? I can't remember. Or her uncle? Her uncle, yeah. Um, so she's like, she's talking to him, but also at the same time, she's caught in this like huge battle with three other people and she's like giving notes back and forth right. about the fight. Like, it's so great. I absolutely love that. And it's drawn so well. I, I really love this page and these like few panels of them going back and forth, uh, forth in this fight. Well, um, I, and we got to point out, this is Rick. This is not regular artist, Ron friends. This is Rick Leonardi, right? whom we all love because he drew the first appearance of cloak and dagger, I believe. Mm-hmm. And he's awesome. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the best artists of the eighties. In my opinion, I yeah. was going to say there was no way that this was the same artist because I actually really, really love, this <laughs> is like very, Modern. I was gonna say it, it. It does feel timeless. Like it. Yeah. It was done in the eighties, but this could come out today and and feel like it fits with the style. Yeah, it's weird because Rick Leonardi, he never really got the attention he deserved. Like I always thought he was great. He kind of did fill-ins here and there, and then he did the Cloak and Dagger series, which wasn't a huge seller. But, but then he did Spider-Man twenty ninety nine, which I think you said you've read, right, Josh? Yeah. Okay. I read a bit of yeah. It. yeah, Miguel O'Hara. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, he's one of those guys that just kind of like never quite, you know, became a superstar, but he always deserved it. Like he is a great artist, and yeah, this definitely stands out among other mm-hmm. issues of Amazing. So yeah. So again, a good issue, not like the first thing I'd recommend, but a fun issue. You know, a little bit of expansion on Silver Sable's backstory. Great art from Rick Leonardi. So I thought it was a fairly good issue. Uh, Josh, do you recommend it? You know, I think it is a little bit me- a little bit messy, but I would recommend it. Um, just for the art alone, I would. Uh, the story is pretty good. I love the character- characterization of Silver Sable. So if you're interested in that character or you already are a Silver Sable fan, I would recommend this one for sure. Or Jack-O-Lantern too. Right. Uh, Bex Luthor? Yeah, no, definitely. I I thought it was, like, I just think Silver Sable as a character is is fascinating in a hilarious kind of way. She's, like, from another country. Does she have diplomatic immunity? Who knows? Um, She just goes in the street and fights thugs and, like, just just fights criminals 
on any border. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, she's in America. She, you can't just do that. Um, I love that her superhero costume is her regular clothes, but with a belt. <laughs> Wait, I love that. Is there a difference? I didn't even notice. She comes home, she puts on a headband and the belt with, like, her weird throwing not stars. And okay. then she leaps out the front window. Ah. Yeah, it's kind um, of spade I or love, something. It's cool. Yeah, I love... I think right. they're called Shies. Mm. Yeah. And we she love says a dramatic she, queen. She says that she invented them. Is that true? <laughs> I mean, sure, why not? Okay. Like, maybe, maybe. But I, I love how dynamic her fighting style is. I love how dramatic she is. The front flips into her, like, in her sunroof. Like, come on, that's a, that's great. Yeah. I love that. I love she's just as dramatic as Spider-Man. Like, it's it's an unnecessary level of drama, but it works so well. The fact that her costume is and her hair is just solid white, and she's fighting all these, like, very colorful thugs. I love that. It's like having white hair representing, like, fairly fair blonde hair a thing in, like, comics? Because, like... They call her blonde in this, and then they call Felicia Hardy blonde, but they both have, like, storm white, white. white hair. Hmm. No, I, I mean, I, I'm under the assumption this is, like, a platinum blonde dye job, but I don't know. Because there are many because, other like, blondes in the Marvel Universe, right? Yeah, but, like, her hair is white, Felicia Hardy's mm-hmm. hair is white, and they, they're called, they're referred to as blondes, and platinum blondes sometimes, but their hair is white. <laughs> Like, Storm's hair is white, and it's referred to as white, right? Yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know. I just always thought it was weird. I was like, well, are they supposed to just have very fair blonde hair, or is it supposed to be, like, unnaturally blonde, but still naturally blonde? (laughs) Because she's an anime main character. (laughs) Yeah, I would say, I I would assume it's supposed to be platinum blonde, but maybe, I don't know, there's a discrepancy between the writing and the art. I don't know, though. Yeah, because, like, in real life, obviously, a platinum blonde woman, man, whatever, it, you, you, they're not what They don't stark white hair. Right, <laughs> right. And then you go, like, right to that flashback panel or whatever, and Joy is blonde. I don't know, it just, mm. it bugs me sometimes. I'm like, she can have white hair, that's fine, but, like, why is she the only one with white hair? Right. And Rogue has her white streak, like, I don't know. I, I assume she just dyes it to fit the whole aesthetic. Right, right. But there's uh, like oh, her name is Silver. Yeah, her name is Silver. Her name is literally Silver. <laughs> so, do you recommend this issue, Becca? Yeah, absolutely. She reminds me of Duchess from the Aristocats, and I love that movie. So, <laughs> okay. All right. I love. He's like, yeah, reminds me of the cat. Yeah. Recommend. Yeah, 10 out of 10. Recommend. Okay. So on that Look, note, I just like things oh. that make me happy, and yeah, this makes I mean, me happy. Fair. Because it rides me with a cat. <laughs> okay, we are going to jump now to our final issue this week. The all-new, all-daring Peter Parker, the Spectacular God. Spider-Man 117. Missing in action mm. continues in this issue. Face-off between the Black Cat and Doctor Strange. Okay. And on the cover, we see action, intrigue, suspense. Face a true believer. This one's got it all, except the guy with the webs. Weird. Okay, so anyway. That's why I read Spider-Man. <laughs> Action, intrigue, and then we read the comic. So help me out. Is this the first time we've seen this grotesque new costume on Black Cat? Or did I miss yes. something? Yes. Yeah. She mentions it because the last she... issue, her costume was destroyed when okay. she lost her powers. And, and she sells the golden notebook to buy this fancy new costume. She doesn't sell the golden notebook to buy this fancy costume, actually. She melts 
the golden notebook to make this fancy costume. Which is smart. Which is smart. That's not smart. That's a waste of a perfectly good notebook. (laughs) But I digress. Gold is not great for protection. It's pretty soft. No, I think it's just the Yeah, I play Minecraft. Gold's bad. (laughs) But, uh, okay, so basically we start off the shot with a big rear angle of Black Cat's ass. As she yeah. runs towards Doctor Strange's, what is it? Sanctum San- Sanctum Sanctorum. Sanctorum. All right, and uh, she's trying to break in, but but as she's trying to break in, she's also flashing back and explaining how uh, she lost her um, bad luck powers and Spider Man and Sabretooth and blah 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 blah. So she's trying to break into um, Doctor Strange's headquarters, and as that's happening, she gets pushed out by like. A supernatural kind of like gust of wind and she almost dies but thankfully she catches on to the edge of like this ledge and uh then we cut over to this kid who we've been following his name is, what is it alex or uh, yeah, tell sure. alex alexander so yeah we've been following this kid for the last few issues who's got this power to disintegrate people that he inherited from his father's device his abusive father's device which he then used on his father to disintegrate him so now he's riding the bus, he goes home, and uh, he his his mother is also worried because technically the father and the son have been missing for like several days. And it's kind of like a joke where she's like narrating like, oh, don't worry about it, it's no big deal, just go about your business. But then she notices this pile of ashes on the ground, which we as the reader know is actually the remains of the father. And she just vacuums them up in like her vacuum and then goes about her business. Then we cut over to this uh, ongoing subplot of Robbie, Joe Robertson's son, uh, who has brought home his new wife to the house. So Joe Robertson's, Joe, Joe Robertson's black, his son is black. His, Joe Robertson's son's girlfriend is white. And so that it's like, I guess who's coming to dinner in reverse type thing. And so they're kind of, you know, just a little you know, typical kind of stuff in that, in that, and it you know, Ends on a great line from Joe Robertson. I wonder how Bill Cosby would handle this. <laughs> I love that. Didn't age well. Didn't yeah. age well. Didn't age well. Yeah. This is the month of maybe things that we shouldn't have said. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, so then we cut over to my favorite villain of the month, the foreigner, uh, who's breaking into Felicia Hardy's apartment by easily breaking, you know, like picking all the locks that she's got and he basically he basically walks in and all these uh, booby traps go off like spikes shooting out of the wall he easily like bats them away and catches them on his like rod thing and then an axe comes and all these things come out of the floor this seems a little bit elaborate for black cat but maybe i'm wrong but okay so then we cut back over to black cat and she's making her way through dr strange's house and then in a very very awkward transition just finds herself she opens up a door and finds herself outside on the street. And I understand what they're going for, but it's a little bit weird. So all of a sudden she's like, wait, how did I get here? There were no stairs, no inclines, no no door. Okay, no more Mr. Nice Guy. Cut. Now, keep in mind, Spider-Man is, is missing in action. Okay, we cut back over to uh, Alex the Kid, who's walking along. And now we're going to introduce a child molesting, abducting person named Bert, <laughs> who sees Super Alex cool. on the street and starts chatting it up with him. We cut back over to the subplot of uh, the Robertsons eating dinner at the, at the, well, eating dinner. 
And then basically Joe Robertson's wife gives him a lecture. Now keep in mind, Joe Robertson has always kind of been the moral, uh, what would you call this? Like the, the wise man of the Spider-Man, you know, right? Supporting cast. Like J. Jonah Jameson is this, you know, buffoon. And Joe mm. Robertson is kind of like oh, kind of like a, another father figure to Peter Parker. Yeah, he he's very much like a voice of reason too. Right, right. You, usually, what he says is correct in the right. Daily Bugle and sticks up for people, especially against JJ. Right, right, right. And so it's interesting yeah. to see that now in this situation, his wife kind of points out that he might be wrong in the situation, and she's kind of pointing out, you know, I don't know where she says it. Um, oh, you're not even giving them a chance, Joe, and we both know it's because she's white. And he's like, hold it right there, Martha. And he's kind of arguing back and forth, but she's kind of pointing it out, pointing out that maybe, um, oh, because he says, you know, spoken from a true, you know, parent from the 80s, mixed couples are subject to overwhelming prejudices. Randy should think long and hard about what he's getting into. And then the mother's like, think long and hard. Funny, that's just what, that's just what my daddy told me. And I married you anyway, darling. That was a cool scene. So anyway... Mm. Cut back over to Doctor Strange's thing, and Black Cat comes across uh, him meditating, but she also sees his astral projection, which he's surprised that she can see it because no one should be able to see it, but she does. So she confronts him about taking away her powers, blah blah blah, and uh, basically she's or he's like, um, he, yeah, it's weird because then she's like, okay, you know what? He's like, you mess up my powers. Your house kicks me around, and then you won't even let me take a swing at you. You're one of my favorite people, Strange. Go haunt a house or something. And he's like, wait, wait, don't be hasty. Have you no curiosity about yourself? Curiosity and, I don't, curiosity and I don't get on well. You came near me, and I'm calling the Ghostbusters. So he's basically like, well, I could have helped her, but she kind of like gave up, so mm-hmm. whatever. So she takes off. And now she's on her own, and she turns her, oh, she goes back to her apartment, and the foreigner's waiting for her. And, uh, oh, look at that. Another gratuitous ass shot on digital page 16. And basically... Yeah, they really put a spotlight on that thing, huh? Yeah, I, I noticed that. Like, I recognize that kind of lighting. That's, like, very focused lighting right there. That's called key light lighting, anyway. <laughs> and so... It's uh, a drawing. Now we get to... Okay, this is cool because I know what's coming. Black Cat is trying to fight the foreigner. She jumps in the air, but as she's in the air, she's like, huh? He vanished. Where'd he go? All of a sudden, he's behind her. Cracks her on the back of the head. She's like, what the heck just happened? We cut away, because this is all about subplots. We cut away to Bert, the child molester, who's trying to get this kid, Alex, into his car with another child molester, but he ends up taking off. They kind of try to chase after him, but then he activates his superpowers blows up the car, and he basically kills them both, right? The fire is right next to a, um, like, whatever that's called, like a hydro plant or whatever that's called, and uh, starts power a fire. Station. What's that? Like a power station or electrical. Yeah, like a power station. Yeah. Starts all these things on fire, and then we cut to a wide shot of New York City, and we see that New York City loses power, and then we get a scene straight out of the movie Crash from 1996 or whatever year that was. Um... The power goes out and Joe Robertson starts choking. Oh, wait, who saves him? She's He's like, oh, oh, you saved my life. He thinks it's his wife, Martha. The lights come on. No, it's his new daughter-in-law who's white. So it looks like mm-hmm. white people are people too. And then she's Not like... Not only is she white, she's also... Yeah, she's like, would not be a good time to tell you I'm Jewish? 
So anyway, all the jokes. So anyway, we cut back to Black Cat, and she's like down and out, and uh, Foreigner is drinking her like you know liquor cabinet away. And uh, oh, his, the reason he's there is because what is he trying to do? He's trying Recruit to find her. A, uh, he wants his notebook back. Right. Mm. He wants his gold notebook back because he knows that she stole it. And now she's looking at him. And oh, this is the other thing too. Her powers have changed. Isn't that convenient? People with superpowers not only have superpowers, they can these powers can change to completely unrelated powers. So now she can basically see in the dark like a cat, right? Right. So I, I think that it is explained earlier by Doctor Strange. Not not that it's explained well, but yeah. earlier he says to get rid of the curse, he had to change what the power was itself. Makes so there sense. was no way to reverse the curse or whatever it was. Right. So that's why her powers have changed. Again, not that that's a great explanation of the events, right. but uh, hey, there's an explanation. <laughs> so he, she, she's trying to fight him. She does a kick. He blocks it. He's basically a, a more uh, experienced fighter than she is. He knocks her out the window. She's she's hanging on at the, on the ledge. And then he basically grabs her with one hand, and he's like bored because he's he's so outmatches her. And he's like, you know, uh, that was a pleasant workout. You're good. I have, a, but I have a proposition for you. I could let you go and then shoot you on the way down. Still, and then basically we cut. So we don't know what they talked about. But he's, but she's like, so that's the plan, my dear. And we basically find out that he has convinced her that. He has a plan for how to defeat Spider-Man and that she's going to help him out, right? Because now she's pissed off because of what happened. So she's like, all right, Foreigner, I'm in. When we're through, Spider-Man's life will be rubble, right? So I think keep that dialogue in mind as we cut to the next page where we get a reprint of the previous two issues where we see um, Spider-Man costume, Spider-Man's costume covered in rubble. It's the Where is Spider-Man ending from Web of Spider-Man number 17. So basically, that's why Spider-Man's been missing this whole issue. And that's the end of the story. And that's pretty much it. Black Cat. So we got Black Cat and Foreigner. We got Alex. And we got, uh, I guess, who's coming to dinner. So, yeah. Uh, Josh, what do you think of this one? Uh, I didn't like it. <laughs> All right. I mean, I... Uh... This kind of like Home Alone-esque gag of Black Cat not, not being able to get into Doctor Strange's sanctum does not fit with the tone of the little kid uh, murdering some child molesters. <laughs> and then Robbie's story, I'm not sure how it fits in at all because this is the first time we're getting Robbie um in spectacular or i believe or he's he's no, obviously been in it but i don't think uh-huh. that this was like a major plot before was it no this plot was, has been in peter parker it's only really been covered, oh, okay. as far as i know yeah okay so it's just i i don't know i think that um the tone of these like mini stories don't fit together i don't like like that they jump back and forth um they don't seem to be connecting together at all. Right, um, I agree. They usually, I think before, because this is, this is, keeps happening, but they don't always connect together. And it's usually like 
just a setup for a new Spider-Man story where one of this one of these like little threads will end and it's just like it doesn't add anything because they don't connect together. There's no reason for us to be reading them all at the same time. Even if they are happening simultaneously, time wise, uh, timeline wise, it doesn't make sense to read them at the same time because they're not connected whatsoever. Right, so I feel right. like I'm waiting for all of these threads to be like brought together at the end. But um, like an episode of Seinfeld, like, oh, yeah, look, but it's not going to happen. The same guy. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. not going to happen. I'm yeah, I'm waiting for for George to pull the golf ball out of his coat, but it's never gonna happen. Right. Uh Bex Luther, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> I mean <laughs> look at uh, look at how they introduce her and her new costume. Ass first. Come on. Like they introduce her new brand new costume, but first, that's exactly the rest of this. <laughs> The rest of this comic book. Are you guys Daddy, hearing I that? agree, Parker. Yes. Yeah. Parker and I are on the same wavelength here. You can't play with a different toy right now? Here. No, the one that squeaks. The live one. Must... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just like, she like tries so hard to break into Doctor Strange's house. She gets confronted with Doctor Strange and goes, ah, spooky ghost, and like runs away. Like, she's mm-hmm. got no consistent motivation in this issue at all. And honestly, when she's like, yeah, I'll help you kill Peter, it feels super disingenuine. <laughs> right. Um, I know you like the foreigner, Mike, but he's just like, I'm the best guy in the room. Everything else is boring. That's boring to me. Oh. Uh, Did he also have this costume before? Uh, maybe I feel not, like he was just like a dude. Now he's he like... Have... Yeah, I think he just had like a suit. Dude in a suit. But now he's got like a costume. It's like now purple like... with like a and symbol like... on it. And like... And super like, tight arm. Now, since I know how the story is going to play out, mm. have you guys guessed the secret of what his superpower is? Because I know. I know. I already know. Don't spoil no. it then, Becca. Don't tell Josh. We'll let him find out naturally. Okay. Uh, don't say anything. No. Maybe. I don't know. Okay. To count to counter everybody else's? Good guess. I, but feel, no. like, I feel like that. that's... It, it's whatever is convenient... At the time. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like, You'll find out. I was out. like, there's no way Josh is going to be able to guess from just what we've read so far. Well, it's okay. But it's still a mystery, Becca, so we won't tell him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, okay. okay, okay, okay. So. Uh, anyway, <laughs> just just a quick quick child molester subplot. Throw that mm. in there. Oh, no. I already feel bad for this kid. He was abused and killed his dad. I don't need to feel more bad for this kid. Mm-hmm. Um, like, does... The, and, like... Oh no, he killed some child molesters and was cool. Now it's dark. There's no other way it could have been dark. Whatever. Um, the whole thing with, with Joe Robertson feels awkward to me. It feels like the conversation a white couple would be having if their daughter brought home a black man. And I don't know if the opposite is necessarily exactly true of what would happen in the 80s. Um... Well, I can point out the writer is white, but he is Jewish, so. So is Amanda. Mm. Whoa, crazy. Oh my god. <laughs> not, only am, not only am I white, I'm also not a Christian, but I did save your life. Um, so, just weird. Uh, I do want to talk about Black Cat's costume. Sure. Let's talk about it. I thought it. it was a ponytail, and I was on board, but it's not a ponytail. It's a, it's a rat tail. tail. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Um, and she's 
she gave herself some some pandemic bangs, which I'm uh-huh. very privy to. I did that too. You know, sometimes it's three a.m. and you, you watching sixteen year old girls on TikTok and they're have, living the best life and you're not, and then you just cut your bangs and you go, oh no, that was a mistake. I feel you, girl. Me too. <laughs> it's the bangs rat tail combo that's really like, like Oof. bangs rat tail. Her regular black cat costume, but a leather jacket on top, and then no fur. <laughs> And gold studs. It's not a good costume. Or previously, a notebook. I love that she melted the notebook and made it a fucking jacket. A queen. We stand a queen. I love that that's where the notebook ended up. The Beyonder turned a building into solid gold. Peter Parker stole a notebook out of the garbage, and now Black Cat wears it on her goddamn shoulders. Isn't that cool? No. I still like it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um... Just a bunch of subplots that don't matter. At least with the previous one, it was Silver Sable's issue, right? Like, she was in the issue, and it was what was happening to her. Like, if we're gonna have Black Cat as the center f- focus, why why are we having all this other stuff going on? It, well... Not, not that the Black Cat story is particularly that interesting. Like, she just goes, Oh, there's Doctor Strange, never mind. And then the foreigner's there, and then she's like, Alright. She just has no... What's the word I'm looking for? Motivation. She's got no no motivation. Yeah. She has no, like... Yeah, what is she trying to do? Like, I'm going to go talk to Doctor Strange because I'm mad at him about the powers. Like, ah, well, that didn't work out. I guess I'll go home. Ah, I'm I'm mad at the foreigner. And then it's just like, oh, we're partners now, buddy. And, like, it didn't seem to me that she was that... Like, she still seemed very much in love with Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, the... True. It just seems like she's either lying or she's still as dumb as she was when she was dating Peter and dumb and annoying, which is also very possible. Well, and then obviously Spider-Man's missing. But, I mean, it does, it does, n- none of these issues where Spider-Man is missing is important that he's missing. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess... Uh, yeah, you're right. I guess it's a little bit sloppy. All the motivation's sloppy. I don't know. I, I mean, no front flips into cars, so zero out of ten. What's that? Oh no, no. she didn't front flip into that. There's a red car with a sunroof. She didn't <laughs> front flip into it. <laughs> uh, not the best issue. Some of the pieces were good, but overall, I mean, like we said, Josh, the plots don't connect. Like there's three plots, yeah. and they do not connect. So that is a strike against it right there. Um. I don't know. Yeah, not my favorite issue. I mean, again, there's some good moments, but overall, it does not gel. At least with Amazing. I I think Amazing probably has the most consistent tone, whereas this is all over the place, and Web is kind of like up and down. Yeah, but at least Amazing has the most consistent tone, I think, overall, lately. Yeah. Um, So. (laughs) I mean, I like that I like Black Cat's new powers, better than our old ones yeah bad luck first of all I, I since i you know fundamentally don't believe in luck i don't understand how luck powers work like mm. long shot and uh who else has luck powers even domino. E- e- yeah domino and even scarlet witch's hex powers are kind of based well, on chance or whatever that's what they call it but it's technically like probability manipulation right mm-hmm. right 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 so it's like what's the probability that this chandelier would come loose right now and mm-hmm. fall onto my enemy. Well, I'll just increase that to 100% because reality is manipulatable. 
I guess. It's not like luck. It's like yeah. literally touching because it Marvel. It's Marvel, right? So you can literally manipulate realities with magic touches. Right. So it's like doing that, which I guess makes more sense. But now she can just see in the dark instead. That's way cooler. I guess. Well, at least it's cat-like, right? Yeah, I, I, I think it fits like the cat burglar thing, like the the luck thing. It does make sense because she if she's like getting away, but it it she's was like black cat and black cats ca- cause bad luck. Yeah, no, it, it's true. Oh, I just think that it yeah, was right. never shown properly, right? Hello. Like, it, I don't think, I don't think that they really did a good job. Um, they told us that Spider Man was having this bad luck, but he always has bad luck, even before Black Cat showed up. So I just think that, like, I like this that she can like see in the dark. Uh, there was there wasn't there something else too. Another power? Uh, yeah, I know. I know she gets more during this stint, but I don't know if they showcased that just yet. Mm. Okay, yeah. Because then, yeah. Also, Black Cat, the character, gets better in, like, 10, 15 years. <laughs> in a way, yeah. I mean, I like her later, but, yeah, so this costume sucks. We agree with that. Uh, Foreigner's costume... It sucks in the best way, though. <laughs> okay. It sucks in, like, the... You know that, like, 80s Nightwing costume? It sucks like that sucks. <laughs> You know what's funny? I just had a rush of nostalgia for the late 80s aesthetic. Okay, look, can I point out something? I, I just want to say one thing for the record, if anyone's listening here. When I was growing up, I always thought 60s fashion was cool. I think most people look back at the 60s and think, oh, bell bottoms and long hair and beads and all that. Cool. Even when I was in the 80s, I knew that 80s fashion was ugly as fuck. So I don't know what you guys think about 80s fashion. But I never liked it, other than in like a nostalgic kind of way. But what do you guys think? I love it. Sorry, okay, okay. I like. <laughs> okay. I don't know if you remember when we met, but I used to wear six different colors of fishnets. So. That's true. And a full mohawk. Oh, I remember the blue mohawk for sure. Yeah. I guess that's. So I, I'm, I'm not allowed to shit on '80s punks at all. <laughs> I think mohawks were cool. Like, I think it's cer- certain things are cool. Like, mohawks were always cool. Mullets were never cool. Neon colors were Mullets never are back. cool. Mullets, Mullets are, are back. back. Yeah, Mullets no are thanks. back and, and strong. The hottest yeah. TikTok e-boys have mullets. Is that a good thing? No. I don't care. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, wait, wait. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I feel like a lot of people are nostalgic for the 80s. Um, right now, for sure. Right now, uh, well, especially. Not even just so much the 80s it's all vintage culture is like mm-hmm. anything like the 2000s fashion which was i was definitely privy to is super trendy right now hmm. and I that I was awful i haven't changed fashion since 1997 so i don't know what 2000s fashion is but uh anyway well, like five years ago you were like in peak like cultural trends because that's when the 90s were like in trend mm-hmm. i mean i work i work with in retail and clothing like Nothing is... It all comes back around. Like, bell-bottoms this season are huge. I still have my... It doesn't, like... That's fanny good because I back. still have bell-bottoms from the 90s, yeah. We sell fanny packs. Yeah. Fanny packs, massive. We have a coat that turns into a fanny pack. Okay, but help me out. Do you guys... Okay, are windbreakers back in style? The coat is a windbreaker that turns into a fanny See, pack. See, okay, I'm in then. I'm in. No, it's it's like... 90s late 90s early 2000s super trendy things like ripped jeans back ripped jeans were gone for like five years ripped jeans back yeah you know what's crazy i feel like any you could wear anything today 
and yeah. it would be well, that's the thing. And you could make it work. I it, where before I it felt like things were in and others were definitely not in. And I feel like right now it's just kind of like there's so much like it's kind of oversaturated with this these like nostalgic fashions where yeah anybody could really wear anything and, and make it work i dream of a world where i can dress up like a member of sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band and just walk down the street and have no one even take notice are we there yet well people would take notice they'd be like wow i love your outfit oh okay <laughs> you could get so many views on tiktok oh thank maybe that's <laughs> how this show can finally succeed with a no. flash fashion makeover. You know what? TikTok <laughs> might be might be the the key. Okay. Honestly, take a couple of our st- stupid sound bites and we can turn them into TikTok sounds. Okay, well That's, I mean, 5 second clips of us saying something dumb. Okay, we can't give away our secrets on the air though. Everyone's going to know how we succeed. We'll have to talk about this yeah. off the air. <laughs> yeah, we can't let the audience know about TikTok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no one else knows about it except us. Okay. Uh, it's my favorite app. I used it when it was Musically. These kids today. What it was called? Ew. What? It was called. <laughs> is that a thing? Yeah, TikTok was an app. It was called Musically, and it was almost exclusively just lip children singing. lip singing. But I, I, I've heard of that. So that was a thing, and now I didn't realize that. It's the same app. It's just called TikTok. I didn't realize now. this. Oh my god! Mm-hmm. I sound like my dad right now. Like, da- you, you kids ticking the talk over yeah, there. Exactly. Okay. Are you guys doing weed? All right. Okay. So, Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man 117. Woo! This is not a great one. I, I recommend it for to read it in segments, but as an issue, it's not great. So, a very hesitant recommendation. Josh, what do you think? I don't think I would. I, I'm not a big fan of where these, like, little threads are going and... Because they're not really connecting, it doesn't make sense that that they're telling them all at the same time. So I just, I personally didn't have a lot of fun reading this one, so okay. I don't think I'd recommend it. Bex Luthor. Outside of the fashion, it's not it's not very much anything really. Like all you need to know is the black cat has new powers and she's working with foreigner. Everything else is just kind of whatever. Also. Joe Robertson's son is dating a Jewish woman. Mm-hmm. Scandalous. Scandal, yes. Like, <clears throat> who cares? Who cares? Well, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care about anything else. Spider-Man's missing? Cool. Good for him. I hope he's having a much better time than I am. <laughs> I, hope, I hope he's not reading this comic. Yikes. Yeah, Spider-Man was like, oh, that's what the next couple issues are? No, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. <sighs> well, no. uh, next week, uh, guess what, guys? Where is Spider-Man continues? Web of Spider-Man number 18 continues missing in action. Amazing Spider-Man number 280. Wait a minute. Does it wrap it up? Yeah, it wraps it up. So I guess next week we only have one issue of missing in action. It'll probably reveal what's happened to Spider-Man. We all assumed he's dead, but I guess he's not. Uh, But in Amazing Spider-Man, we're going to have a confrontation with the Sinister Syndicate. Not the Sinister Six, but the Sinister Syndicate. So it's going to be interesting. With more Silver yeah, Sable. Sinister Six. The other one. <laughs> yeah, the other one. And then you know. I think we're finally going to get the resolution of the Alexander storyline. That's been, you know, bubbling to the surface in the past few issues. Also, next week, we have four comics to review. We're going to be reviewing Web of Spider-Man Annual number two. Done Ooh. by the same creative team that did the Long Shot miniseries. 
Anne Nocenti and Arthur Adams. Remember them? Oh, interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that'll be an interesting one. Uh, I don't remember liking that one. Yeah, we all hated it. But anyway. Oh, okay. So we wanna we we uh, we wanna thank you, Bex Luther, for joining us as always. Uh, yeah, thanks I mean, so much, Bex. You're welcome. Wow, so polite. <laughs> Honestly, what else would I be doing? I don't I don't do anything. I don't leave my house. It's like 35 degrees outside. You make us feel so important. Mm. Anyway, you're the only people I talk to besides my coworkers. Does that make you feel important? Yeah, I, I, I suppose yeah. it does. Yeah. <laughs> It's good to know that you have a choice of what you could be doing, right? You could, yeah, be, could doing be doing nothing. nothing or talking to us. So we went out exactly. again mm. every week. And don't don't get it wrong. I love doing nothing. Oh, okay. It's my favorite thing to do. So it's bad. So, so we're your second favorite thing to do. Don't say it like that. <laughs> my God, I'm a married man. Okay, hello. Anyway, um, and uh, unfortunately, G.I. Jolie couldn't be with us, but hopefully she'll be with us next week. And Josh, you can take it from here. We want to thank you guys so much for listening to the podcast. It really helps when you leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts, or you can drop us a line on Twitter at, at @hctspidercast. Please let us know what you guys think about the comics we're reading and the podcast itself. We definitely want to keep that comics conversation going. And I haven't thought of a new uh, slogan yet, so uh, see you next week. All right, see you then. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>